Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. All right, and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I am your other co-host, Donnie Cage. Ah, Mr. Cage. Hey, what a great weekend to be a wrestling fan, sir. What do you think about that this past weekend? Oh, you said it, Kentucky Guy. It was eventful, eventful indeed. Yeah. So uh, this episode here, folks, I know it's on a different day than normal. However, we're, uh, we wanted to jump right in and give you some updates. If you haven't had a chance to watch uh, either night of WrestleMania, uh, so much action, so many things took place this weekend. So we wanted to jump on here and get your all's reaction uh, to some other news in the wrestling world as well. Uh, before that, though, if this is your first time listening to us, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform you're listening to us from. We are on Spotify. Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Andorra, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage has a uh, co-host another podcast called The Uncaged Voice. Go ahead and tell him about that, sir. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on the new Chris Rock uh, comedy special on Netflix and also get some opinions from myself and my other co-hosts on uh, toxic relationships and other topics, you can check out the latest episode of The Uncaged Voice podcast on YouTube. It is myself. Jigsaw Jester, and Top Tier Rated. Fantastic. Also, I do host the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Uh, basically, what we do there is we talk about politics, current news, and events around the world, and right here in the good old U.S. of A. Also, we do uh, interviews with special guests. Actually, we're releasing a episode tonight uh, on the Red Pill Current News Podcast with a guest who is a conscientious leadership speaker in communication and i tell you what what a story she has uh we actually have several interviews uh lined up and guests and i think that uh we may have a guest here on our next show is that right donnie right here on good old against the mat yes we do have a guest uh coming up uh this uh saturday yeah and that's going to be exciting folks if you've ever uh if you've ever watched uh one tree hill uh preston or Bell, he is a, an American professional stuntman and actor. And he has worked, I know my daughter keeps talking about this, One Tree Hill from 2003 to 2012. He was in the uh, also the uh, Vampire, Vampire Diaries from 2009 to 2017. So he, he's worked for DC Comics, Marvel Universe, and so forth. So very excited to have him on the show. And that will be... This Saturday's show on April 8th. So be sure to check that out. Be there or be square. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, you can always email us or if you have any questions or just want to shout out at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. Olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. Also, links to merchandise, all that good stuff in the description below, as well as social media. All right, so before we get into the outcome and results of WrestleMania, we do have a big story. We weren't going to do anything about the news or headlines today, but there's a big story that kind of broke yesterday and became official today, and uh, it's huge enough for us to take just a moment and talk about it. And let's get into the big story. 
WWE sells to Endover, announces merger with UFC. And folks, this isn't a rumor. This isn't a joke. This this actually happened. Vince McMahon went on live television today, talked about it with the owner. Uh, let's go over it. After being initially reported by CNBC on Sunday, it has now been made official. WWE has been purchased by Ari Emanuel, Endover Group, and will join with UFC to form a new publicly traded company, holding a supposed supposed collective value of more than $21 billion. Former WWE CEO Vince McMahon, who rejoined the company's board of directors as executive chairman in January, reportedly to help facilitate the sale, called the move the best outcome for our shareholders and other stakeholders. Quote, together, we will be a $21 billion live sports and entertainment powerhouse with a collective fan base of more than a billion people and an exciting growth opportunity, McMahon said. Quote, I, along with the current WWE management team, look forward to working closely with Ari and the Endover and UFC teams to take the business to the next level. Under the terms of the acquisition, McMahon will continue to serve as executive chairman of the board, while Emmanuel will lead the company as CEO, and Mark Shapiro will be the president and COO of both Endover and the new company. Dana White and Nick Khan are to maintain their respective roles as president of UFC and president of WWE. Well, here's the thing. I thought Nick Khan was the CEO of WWE. He wasn't the president. <laughs> so as previously reported, the deal sees Endover taking ownership of 51%. Cannot believe I'm saying this out loud. 51% of WWE. While the company's existing shareholders retain 49%, which we all know most of those shares belong to Vince McMahon. The new company will list on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol TKO. The transition values WWE at $9.3 billion, which was McMahon's reporting asking price back in February. Though WWE stock is down in pre-market trading, indicating that the invest investors disagree with the valuation and comes the day after the conclusion of WrestleMania. Don't forget, this WrestleMania we just had this weekend is considered the most profitable ever, ever for the WWE. So big, big news there. A couple things concern me just a little bit. Triple H has a big announcement tonight on Raw. Now, it may be that he's staying with the company. He's not staying with the company. It may be new title belts. It may be a new dra a draft, you know, and splitting up the uh, SmackDown and Raw. I don't know what his announcement is, but he was not mentioned by name in this list, and that concerns me. Uh, your thoughts, sir, on the breaking news? Well, um, I didn't think the sale was going to happen this soon. Uh, we, you know, we'd heard all sorts of rumors over the last several months about WWE being up for sale and who was in line for it. Um, I'm just glad they didn't sell to uh, Saudi Arabia. That would have been a bad thing. I mean, I think there's tremendous crossover potential between WWE and UFC being under one umbrella now. I have read a little bit uh, myself about how Apparently, even though he wasn't mentioned in this article, Triple H and the creative team are going to retain their current positions. Now, that, that, that's just what I've read. That doesn't mean there's not going to be some big announcement either tonight on Raw or in the coming days. But um, I thought I remember hearing uh, or reading somewhere that I read that both Nick Khan and Triple H are going to get a huge bump up in pay with this uh, acquisition or this merger. So, uh, it's really going to be interesting the next couple of months to see where things go. Hopefully it won't impact the creative direction in any major way, unless it's in a positive way. Um, but yeah. 
Yeah, I haven't been able to find anything on on with Triple H's name in it, so that'd be interesting. Uh, but I did find out on your last question there. I did find out kind of an answer towards that, and uh, it's going to it goes right along with this. Vince McMahon explains why he is selling WWE if he'll be involved in creative. So CNBC interviewed Vince McMahon and uh, Ari Emanuel about the sale of WWE. That was this morning. Uh, McMahon was asked why he was selling a company that had been in, been in a family business for 70 years. Quote, it's, it's the right time. It's the right time to do the right thing, and it's the next evolution of the WWE. I could probably do what Ari is doing right now with UFC, but it would take me 10 years. By that, by then, I grab those 10 years, he'd be 10 years ahead of me, Vince McMahon laughs. It makes all the sense in the world for all of these synergies that we have to extract all of the value we can out of the marketplace. Vince McMahon was then asked if his sexual assault scandal had not happened, would he still be sitting, sitting here today discussing a sell? Quote, absolutely, because it makes sense. Nothing's ever happened like this before. And again, I'm always looking for what's best for our stockholders. What's best for the company? McMahon explained, this is the best thing that could happen in a long, long time. All of the WrestleManias combined, there have been 39, including tomorrow. Does it really equal uh, to the magnitude of what we will do together? McMahon said that those events did not push him towards selling any faster than addressed his role and creativity capacity. Yes and no on creative. On a higher level, yeah, I will be involved. In the weeds, which I always loved to get in the weeds in the past, McMahon said, but no, I can't do that. It'll be from a higher level. McMahon was then asked about his legacy in the wrestling business. Quote, let me just say I've made mistakes, obviously, both personally and professionally. By the way, he needs to shave that mustache. It looks very weird with that. Through my 50-year career, I've owned up to every single one of them, and then I moved on. I'm not sure about the legacy stuff. I'm not going to write it, so I don't know. I want to say somebody who, who had an extraordinary amount of fun, great passion for what they did, and wound up doing the biggest deal he's ever done in his life. So I think that's pretty cool. I'm glad uh, you know, Vince was honest. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be a part of creative. He's a part of creative now at a high level. He had an office right next to the gorilla during the entire WrestleMania. <laughs> so he is involved to an extent. Triple H obviously has way more control right now. So let's see. You got to remember something, guys. Vince McMahon is not a young chicken anymore. So I don't know all the concern about is him being part of creative. You got to let that die down just a little bit. <laughs> Your thoughts on that, sir? Yeah, I mean, that's what I've been hearing uh, ever since Vince came back to his position as executive chairman. He's had a high-level overview of everything, but he's not involved in the day-to-day. -day. So people need to just trust that that's what he's going to continue to do. He's just going to have a high-level view, but he's not going to be interfering with Triple H and the other creative team team members' jobs on a, on a daily basis. They've got creative control, and they are driving that direction of the company. Yep, yep. All right, so let's get into what everybody's talking about. Let's get into Wrestle, WrestleMania Night 1. WrestleMania 39, Night 1. Start off the show with John Cena takes on Austin Theory for the WWE United States Championship winner predicted by Mr. Cage and myself. Austin Theories does retain his title and beat John Cena. Not fair and square. Not fair and square. But hey, you know what? At the end of the day, 10 years from now, it's going to say in the record book a W for Austin Theory. Not, and it's not going to say not fair. So there we go. Uh, I thought it was a decent match. I did. I kind of thought uh, at one time John Cena was going to win. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a decent match. It, it, This is the theory match that was needed 
So he needed the victory, but he also needed to look as tough as he did in this match, in my opinion, to win over a lot of fans who are still on the fence about this guy. Your thoughts on the match, sir? Yeah, Theory looked good. Um, he needed this win on a big stage, like you said, to legitimize him, not just as the U.S. champion, but also as somebody who can hang with the big stars. And he did a good job working with John Cena. John Cena made him look good, no question about it, especially that ending sequence. He really sold that uh, that low blow, which uh, led to the to the A-Town down finisher. Yeah, I think it was a good way to start off the show. Yep. And then we had a match that makes made zero sense, and the winner makes zero sense. Just got to be honest. And that was the Fatal 4-Way Showcase uh, match with the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders versus Ricochet and Braun Strowman. Kentucky guy, I had the Viking Raiders, who should have won. Donnie had uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Winners, believe it or not, the Street Profits. How many opportunities have these guys gotten over the last couple of years? What is the deal? Why is Triple H on these guys nuts? I don't get it. Your thoughts, sir? Well, I was definitely surprised by the outcome um, because especially I thought that at this stage, not only were the Street Profits out of tag team title contention, which winning this match will probably put them back into contention, but I also thought they were teasing a breakup. Apparently that's out the door, right? At least for the foreseeable future. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it would have been a good time to push another team, whether it be Ricochet and Braun Strowman or the Viking Raiders, but they went back to the Street Profits well again. Uh, I, I mean, I guess it is what it is. Yeah, and I'm, and we will give you our overall feeling on WrestleMania, on what we think about it uh, at the end of the episode as a whole. Because there's, there, yeah. Uh, next match, Becky Lynch and Lita and Trish Stratus took on Damage Control. Kentucky Guy and Donnie both predicted Damage Control, Damage Control to be the winner. Uh-uh, not so fast. Let's give it to the dinosaurs. That's right. Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus won this match. They didn't need the match. They did not need this victory. Damage Control is an up-and-coming faction. And if you want to build these guys to ever be elite contenders, by the way, Bailey's been back almost a year now and still hasn't had a title around her waist. It's ridiculous. Your thoughts on that match? You know, Kentucky guy, I made one major observation about this match while I was watching it, which is, you notice whenever Becky Lynch was in the ring with either EO Sky, Dakota Kai, or Bailey, it was fast, the action was furious, it was like boom, 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 the intensity level was, was ratcheted up. As soon as Lita or Trish got in the ring, and, and I love both of them, uh, they're legends, but as soon as they got in the ring, did you notice how much... Dam the members of Damage Control had to slow down so they could keep up. Um, credit to Damage Control, all three of them, for doing a great job selling Lita and Trish's offense. There were some really good sequences in there, but just Lita and Trish are, they themselves are not spring chickens anymore, let's face it. Um, so that ruined my enjoyment of the match a little bit, I will say. But... Um, you know, at least it wasn't for the titles. At least Damage Control didn't lose their titles here. Hopefully they'll get another opportunity to win them back in the future. Yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah, I noticed that the, the match slowed down. Uh, the audience, the live audience noticed it as well. You could hear some comment. And uh, I just, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, I just, there was no feel-good moment when they won. Shoot, most of us. If you follow the dirt sheets like myself, I even reported on an article on it on, on this show, was looking for Trish Stratus to turn heel against Becky Lynch. That never happened. That would at least had some kind of ending to it, an impact. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Then the next match, this was a good match as well. I thought this was a very good match. Seth Rollins took on Logan Paul. Uh, 
Kentucky guy picked Seth Rollins. Donnie did as well. And the winner, Seth Rollins. Now, I will say one thing. Logan Paul did not look bad in this match, but but what he when he looked good, like real good, you, it was Seth Rollins pulling those strings. He did not look as good as he did when he fought Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia. I don't think. But anyways, the match ended. Seth won the match. KSI was there. I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, he was pressed uh, in the prime drink. Everybody knows he's uh, Logan Paul's business partner. Logan Paul, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Because, folks, I found out his contract ended at WrestleMania. He was only on a one-year deal. So, it'll be, easy, it'll be you know curious to see if they re-sign or not. Also, Drew McIntyre's contract's up. And I heard they have not re-signed him because they can't come on a deal. Please let that guy go away. Please let him go away. Anyways, your thoughts on Logan Paul and Seth Rollins? That was a good match. They both had uh, really elaborate ring entrances, for sure. Um, you know, Seth Rollins had the conductor that came out and was, uh, and the audience is all singing around with, singing along with his uh, theme song, which I thought was pretty cool. Logan Paul stole Shawn Michaels' entrance from WrestleMania 12 when he came in on the zip line. I'm sorry, but HBK did it better, Logan Paul. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun match. The right guy won. That's the bottom line. Seth needed that big win. He made Logan look good in the process. I enjoyed it. What was up with Seth Rollins's outfit? Is he going to like, is he digging around in Rhea Ripley's closet or what? Man. Uh, let's see. We had, uh, the next match, Ray Mysterio took on his boy, Dominic Mysterio. Uh, I had Dominic Mysterio, and you had, of course, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio did win the match. Now, this match, I thought this match was good. I did notice, and this is when you you have to remember, he's still young in the game, and he's been doing a lot of tag team work with, uh, with the Judgment Day. I did notice quite a few slip-ups by Dominic in this match, which. Nothing like, nothing like almost did to Brock Lesnar where he took him over the rope and almost actually hurt the guy. But I did see, I, I seen some old Dominic stuff that I hadn't seen in a while that's not good. But anyways, my question is, what the heck is up with his entrance? Did he go back to jail? Did he get in trouble again? Is that why the... Police brought him in in handcuffs. Doesn't make any sense. Your thoughts on this, Matt? Yeah, well, that was all to go along with his whole prison dom demeanor. And you notice when he first stepped, when that little punk uh, stepped out of the, the van, he was wearing a mask that was reminiscent of uh, one that Rey Mysterio has worn over the years. He doesn't even deserve to wear that mask, uh, all, all that he's done to his dad and his family. But the right guy won this match. Kudos, awesome performance again by... WWE Hall of Famer, Rey Mysterio, and I love the tribute to Eddie Guerrero as well. Yeah, we have to mention that Rey has brought back the Latino World Order, which uh, I thought was pretty cool. I wasn't a fan of the Latino World Order when it was originally around, but what it represents now due to how great Eddie Guerrero was, I I I'm glad to see it. I think it, it was a very, very fitting especially for this weekend. Uh, then there was an impromptu match. Uh, Pat McAfee shows up, and Snoop Dogg <laughs> creates a match between Pat McAfee and The Miz. And the winner, with the pump kick, Pat McAfee won the match. I thought this was good. You know, say what you want to about The Miz. He's, he's got to be a good sport to just put up with this. And putting these guys over and looking silly all the time. And don't get me wrong. He's he's a he's a triple crown, three time triple crown champion. Everybody knows his credentials, but to still be in the stage that he's in in his career, and to put over these celebrities like this, I think it's great. Shows a lot of character on his part. 
And uh, yeah, I enjoyed the match. Uh, your thoughts? Look, Kentucky guy, I'm a fan of Pat McAfee's personality and his commentary. And truth be told, that's where he needs to be, behind the commentator's desk. When he went and, di- and did that, uh, that senton or swanton off the top to the Miz to the outside, he missed him by like a foot. I was like, Pat, if you're going to do that move, you got to make it look good. And then the punt that he did to the, the Miz at the end of the match, he looked like he was going to fall over. I'm like, and this guy was an NFL punter at one point. I mean, come on, this is the Miz we're talking about. This, this guy's a Grand Slam champion, and he's got to put Pat McAfee over. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I wasn't really on board, board with the Miz taking the L like that. Just should have just been, you know, the Miz could have had a little confrontation with him in the ring, turned it into an impromptu match when there's other guys in the locker room who should have had a match at WrestleMania, and we'll get to that later. Um, I, I don't know. Th- this segment didn't do Let it Let me tell me. you something, buddy. Pat McAfee is undefeated at WrestleMania. You realize that? He's beaten Baron Corbin. He's undefeated at WrestleMania. He's beaten Austin Theory, the current United States champion. So sit there and bellyache all you want to about Little Miz, but Pat McAfee could be, could be a future superstar. Could be. He's got the work ethic. He's a, he was one of the best NFL punters uh, in rankings still today. Just saying. And the next match. Now, this match here, if the main event wasn't so great, this match here, you would be hearing me right now saying that this match sold the show. And it come very, very close. And this match also has me, once again, been a long time. Thank you, Triple H. I am now bought into the women's division in the WWE. I've been out of it for a long You guys know, pretty much can't stand it anymore. But after watching this match, I see so much potential and bright future in WWE, the way they're handling their female uh, group especially when it comes to championships and giving them the time to tell a story. I think it's great. This was Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Kentucky guy and Donnie both had Rhea Ripley winning the match and Rhea Ripley won the match. A well-fought match. Nobody looked weak in this match. This match was not rushed. It was taken. It told a story about how Rhea Ripley just a few, just a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, uh, wasn't able to beat Charlotte for the big one. Charlotte even came after winning the Royal Rumble and challenged her for her NXT. It told the story of Rhea's growth and how she could be possibly the next in line to run with the show. The only thing is, Charlotte's not that, not that old, so you know you can't hand off the candle just yet. I will say one thing when Charlotte, <laughs> I don't know why I wrote this down, but it's true. When, when, when Charlotte Flair is hurt or mad and the camera zooms in on her, man, her face is ugly. Oh my Lord. I never know noticed that before. Uh, I guess cause when she smiles, it looks completely different, but there was a couple times there where like her face was like, she had it torn up like crying or whatever. And I was like, oh man, what a bad look. But anyways, your thoughts on the match. It was a great showcase for both ladies. And if you didn't believe in Rhea Ripley prior to this match, well, this match will turn you into a believer because she she was able to hang with the queen and proved herself to be a worthy successor to the SmackDown Women's Championship. And I hope Rhea gets a... Lengthy reign as the SmackDown Women's Champion from this point forward because she she earned it. Yeah, she did. Absolutely. And that brings us to the last match of the night. And boy, I tell you, this match was everything I thought it was going to be and a little bit more. And this was the Usos, the Bloodline, defended their undisputed tag team championships against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. 
<laughs> the Kentucky guy and Donnie Cage both picked the Usos to win. Down, down, down. Nope. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are your new undisputed WWE tag team champions. This match here, if you like a match, you haven't had a chance to watch it yet. And yes, I know it's night one, and I recommend going all the way back to night one. If you like a match to where you really, man, it's you're on the edge of your seat. So many twists and turns, thinking it was going to end this way or that way. And it was just, it was just amazing. What was your thoughts on the match? I, I didn't know when it was going to end. It was like, it was almost like one of those fight forever matches as, uh, as the crowds like to chant when they're really into a match that has so many near falls. I mean, first it looked like the Usos were going to win. Then it looked like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn might pull it out. Then the Usos were going to win again. They were, then they were going to win again. And it's like, there's no way you could get up from this. And somehow those two were able to rally and defeat the Usos, who held those tag team titles for over 600 days. I mean, you know, whether I predicted it or not, it's still a big moment for KO and Sami Zayn. And you got to give your hat off to them. They, they really earned it. In the press conference after the match, or after uh, night one, Sam, uh, Kevin Owens, and I was pretty proud of him for saying this, during the press conference he says, do not take anything away from the Usos. They are the best tag team in the business right now. I'm telling you, them boys did not give them titles up very easy at all. At all. And I thought, like I said, if it if this match wasn't as great as it was, then the best match of the night would have been Flair versus Ripley. But this match, and that's why it was the main event, it stole the show. All right, so night two. Night two starts off with Brock Lesnar. Takes on Omos. Kentucky guy and Donnie have Brock Lesnar as the winner. Prediction. And the winner. Brock Lesnar. Now, I have to be honest about this match. This match didn't last long. Nowhere near long like they tried to build a hype around it. And I feel Omos looked pretty clumsy in this match. Yes, at the beginning, he looked like he was stronger than Brock Lesnar and blah, blah, blah. But if you watch his techniques, I I just don't think this guy's got it. I, I just, that's just my uh Opinion. I just don't. Power only gets you so far. You got to be able to run. You got to be able to do stuff in the ring. And it's just, uh, yeah, man. I, I just, you know, you look at him at, uh, and compare him against some people or other male wrestlers that weren't even a part of WrestleMania, like Bobby Lashley, Karrion Cross. I mean, and I can name a few more. And you're wondering, what's this guy doing here? I just, I didn't dig it at all. I'm glad Brock Lesnar won. Brock Lesnar tried to sell that uh, almost hurt his back from his punches. He done very good trying to sell that. But uh, yeah, I just thought almost looked clumsy. Like, like he went backwards in this match. It was weird. Kind of like when he was wrestling against Braun Strowman. He looked that bad in this match. Your thoughts? You know, I actually don't think Omos looked too bad in this match. I think... Had it gone any longer, like had this been a 10-minute match, I would have been like, oh yeah, Omos, he was exposed, he looked terrible, he looked winded, but they had him dominate a good portion of the match until Brock finally turned around and took him to Suplex City and then finished him off with an F5. I mean, they had to keep this match relatively short. I mean, Omos, the only time that guy can actually work a longer match is when he's in a tag team matchup. And, we, and he's basically on the apron for a good portion of the match. Um, you know, again, Brock Lesnar should have had a different opponent at Mania this year, in my opinion, because they haven't done enough to build Omos up as a serious threat. He's lost a lot of his big matches. He lost to Bobby Lashley last year at Mania. He lost to Braun Strowman at Crown Jewel. I mean... How are we supposed to take this guy seriously as the unstoppable Nigerian giant? Regardless, Brock Lesnar won. We both predicted it. So I'm happy about that. When you get the opportunity, just just for my sanity, <laughs> uh, go back and kind of watch that match 
You can even fast forward if a person to fast four or five minutes. Just just watch his footwork. Just something was off. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm you guys know, um they used to call me the wrestling professor. I I uh I look at strange stuff and something was off. I don't know what it was. Anyways, uh next match was the uh women's fatal four way showcase match which absolutely doesn't mean anything. Doesn't get you uh, number one contendership or anything of that nature. Anyways, we had Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan versus Shotzi and Natalia versus Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler versus Chelsea Green and her partner. Uh, Kentucky Guy and Donnie both picked Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler to win. And they did win. They did win. And I loved, loved their technique. On winning this match. It was great. You didn't see him for the biggest part of it. Why would you? In a match like this. Let them beat the heck out of each other. And come in. And clean the scraps. So I am going to go on a limb. And I'm going to say. That the winners of this match. Will be your new. Women's champion. Within the next 30 days. Your thoughts on that match sir. I think that's a pretty bold prediction, Kentucky guy, and I would have to say I agree with you because I don't really think there's any reason to keep the belts on Becky Lynch and Lita for a long period of time. Put it on two women who can actually go out and defend the belts on a regular basis. Um, you know, the match itself was uh, was okay. I don't want to say it was terrible. It wasn't terrible, but, I mean, you know, for the time it was given, I guess it served its purpose. But again, I wasn't super invested in this match, and I would have really been upset if Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler did not win this match because they were the only legitimate team. The rest of them were all thrown together randomly for this match. They were match. all fighting each other just the other month. <laughs> <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan has turned on her I don't know how many times. And then there was a time when Rodriguez was tag team partners with Shotzi, I mean, it just, it, it just didn't make, they need to get actual tag teams together for the women's division. They do got some work to do there. And then we had a match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship match. This match here, in my opinion, if the main event wasn't the showstopper that it was, this match would have stole the show. And that was Gunther. Versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Kentucky Guy and Donnie both had Sheamus to finally get over that hump and be the new Intercontinental Champion. However, Gunther is on another level, man. And he showed it. He, he showed his superiority over Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Sheamus ain't getting that belt <laughs> as long as Gunther's got it around his waist. Gunther wins the match and retains his title, and he looked dominant in doing so. I thought it was great. He was outnumbered, of course, but he used that to his advantage. He actually powerbombed Sheamus on top of Drew McIntyre. I loved it. And then powerbombed Drew McIntyre for the win. So, my hat's off to the ring general. Once uh, once again, I don't even know why. I, I'm not going to pick against him ever again. I shouldn't have that time. I hadn't been picking against him and been winning every time. And I should have just stayed that way. Anyways, your thoughts on that, Matt, sir? It was hard-hitting, I'll tell you that. I, I, I mean, we were texting back and forth during the match, and I said to you, wow, I could feel these slaps all the way on the East Coast. Uh, they, they were they were dishing out some heavy blows. Did you notice there was one point in the match, Gunther had a submission hold on on Sheamus. It might have even been a Boston Crab. And Drew McIntyre came in and he booted Gunther in the face. Gunther completely no-sold the boot. Drew had to hit him a second time for it to even register. It was, I mean, he's a beast, this guy. He really is. Yeah, I, I seen that. That was, <laughs> uh, that was very, very impressive. Yeah, he had the, uh, you're right, he had the Boston Crab on him. 
And man, oh man, uh, I mean, uh, Drew McIntyre came up from behind him and kicked him in the back of the head, and he just sat there and never relinquished the move. And then he had to do it again from the front and finally got him to relinquish. I mean, he's just, you know, you want anybody, you know, everybody keeps saying, what's the future? Who's the future guy? Right there's your future guy. There's no doubt about it. That's the future guy. This next match, uh, probably the stupidest match of the entire WrestleMania show. I, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. I'll never get it. Anyways, it's Bianca Belair defended the Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. Kentucky guy had Asuka. <laughs> Mr. Cage actually had Bianca Belair. And your winner, and still Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, the little pony hair, punk. It, it just, I don't understand uh, why. Even the crowd, even the crowd, and you have to admit this, even the crowd, there was quite more booze when she won. Everybody thought Asuka had this match. Your thoughts on it? Well, I, I mean, I just want to remind you, Kentucky guy, you can't have WrestleMania without EST. Uh, but back to your point about the crowd. Bianca's starting to suffer from what we like to call the John Cena effect, which is sometimes when you book a male or female wrestler to look unrealistically strong, where it's like, okay, they're going to reverse this other person's move miraculously at the very end, even though they're clearly getting ready to tap out from a submission hold. But no, we've got to make them power out of it at the very last second and come back. Um, you know, there's a different way they could have like booked her to have, a, to have a comeback at the end. I mean, yeah, her strength is very impressive. We've seen that many times before. Um, but, you know... I, I predicted Bianca because I said I feel like they want her to continue riding this wave of momentum. But the problem is, now that the crowd's starting to react to her and, uh, you know, they're trying to cool, they're starting to cool on her a little bit, they might want to rethink that. And they might want to get somebody else as the uh, Raw Women's Champion in the near future because she did just pass 365 days as champion. So it might be time to mix it up in the near future, but... As I predicted, the EST did did prevail on this. Whatever. Night. And then we had another impromptu match, and that was uh, Snoop Dogg set this match up once again versus The Miz, and it was Shane O'Mac. Shane O'Mac, and you know what's crazy is, as Donnie mentioned, him and I were texting all through the show on night two, and I I was just talking about Shane O'Mac when they were talking about the sell of the company, I was like, man, what did he do to his family to never be like at WrestleMania or a part of the sale or anything? And here he comes. Here he comes dancing down the aisle. However, Shane does not do this for a living. And, you know, he's, Shane's getting older like the rest of us. And it seems like he does not learn from mistakes. So on a leap leapfrog over the Miz, once the match starts, he suffers a torn quad. He does. He and this is real life. Wasn't was was not at all uh, part of the show. And after watching the press conference, this next part I'm going to tell you does <laughs> was not part of the show. So Shane goes down, actual hurt. After dealing with him for a moment and Miz running around trying to act like he's all pumped up and doesn't really know what to do because, you know, he this is this is legit injury. Snoop Dogg improvises out of nowhere and he knocks Miz down. <laughs> and then he knocks him down again. And uh, actually, Triple H praised Snoop Dogg for the way he improvised without hesitation. Obviously, it was not in the plan for Snoop to knock out and hit the rock bottom on the Miz, but it was needed while the doctors checked on Shane. It was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty amazing, and Snoop Dogg ended up pinning the Miz. 
And I, that tells you the caliber of entertainer Snoop Dogg is. To be able, this isn't his, this is nowhere near what he's done to be famous. He hasn't done anything like Yeah, he's the dog father of WrestleMania. Not because of matches, though. Because of commentary and things like that. But just to do this, not be trained or anything, and just improvise. And the Miz to go right along and fall right in line just shows you how great these two are. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I mean, uh, Shane, Shane McMahon coming back wasn't expected. There's no question about it. That was, uh, you know, good on WWE for shocking the uh, audience with that. Injuries happen, Kentucky guy. And, and like you just said, especially when you don't wrestle on a regular basis, these kind of things are going to happen, and sometimes when you want to pull out all the stops, you're going to end up pulling out a muscle, unfortunately, or in this case, tearing a quad. Um, that That's unfortunately what happened to Shane, but all the credit goes to Snoop Dogg for thinking on his feet and saying, well, we can't just end the segment. We've got to make the crowd go home happy. So <laughs> he just knocked the Miz down. The Miz sold. He hit his version of the people's elbow. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a great moment uh, that they just had to come up with on uh, 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 come up with right then and there. So, um, you know, we wish uh, Shane McMahon a speedy recovery. Obviously, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see. Uh, well, a torn quad, he'll be out for a while. But I was going to say, I'm kind of curious to see what role he was like. What what was going to happen from there? Very very interesting. I think Raw is going to be great tonight. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of fallout from WrestleMania. I've already heard that uh, uh, that the Roman Reigns and is going to go up against Cody Rhodes as a tag team. Roman Reigns is going to partner with Solo. I don't know who Rhodes will partner with, but anyways, yeah, I think Raw is going to be very good. Uh, the next match, this was a great match as well, except for the ending. I didn't like the ending in this match. The wrong person won. And the reason why I say that is because it just, it didn't make any sense. I'm going to be this unstoppable demon and I'm going to counter and come back from everything you throw up against me. I'm literally going to get injured in the match, literally injured. By the way, I heard people, I seen people on social media complaining about, oh, they should have just let that go and uh, went on. No, 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 no. He was really injured. They really put staples in Finn Balor. He got torn open around his neck and his arm. Uh, and that's what happens when you introduce stuff uh, into a match that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> but anyways, you guys that are complaining about, oh, you know, it dragged the match out or whatever. Man, what, would you rather have that or them just in the match right then and there? A lot of, a lot of guys that aren't half as tough as Finn Balor would have just called it a day. It had been over. At least he stayed in there, and he should have won the match. But anyways, it was hell in a cell. Edge versus Finn Balor. Uh, I had the demon. Oh, uh, Mr. Cage has the demon as well. And the winner, Edge. Don't know why Edge, he did the chair coop, whatever you call it. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I was kind of disgusted, kind of disgusted about Edge's entry too, because I was really looking forward to seeing Gangrel on there, and all this hype. And I'm just kind of wondering what happened there because he's not under contract. I looked it up a couple episodes ago, so I don't know. But and, and all uh, and all else, it was a great match. Just the ending, I didn't care much for. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I mean, it was a good match. Uh, there's no question the ending uh, or the lead in, lead up to the ending was partially hampered by uh, Finn Bauer's injury, you know, when he got hit with the ladder. Uh, but, you know, I mean, unfortunately, I, mean, I know the whole the, the whole thing with the demon gimmick is he's supposed to be borderline impervious to pain. But, I mean, when a wrestler suffers an actual injury in the ring, the, the medics do have to check on him. That's just the bottom line. That's that that's That's when you have to... You have to hit, hit the pause button and say, all right, this is real life. we got to make sure he can continue. Obviously, it would have been terrible if he would have been injured too much that he wouldn't have been able to finish the match. But, um, you know, it was still a good showing. I agree with you, Kentucky guy. Edge did not need to win this match. Finn Balor needed to get the win back. 
And to me, as far as I'm concerned, they pretty much need to just put the demon gimmick on, on ice now because they've now had them lose two major matches and it's destroyed the mystique of the, of the character. Uh, I really hate to agree with that, but when, I mean, when you're right, you're right. He, uh, I really liked the demon. I liked the demon. I watched him all through new Japan when they started, first started the bullet club. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I just I just don't understand the thinking on this. Cause you know they're not gonna you need to push Judgment Day harder than ever. You need to now this needs to be the end of Edge and and ju versus Judgment Day. And you need to really just concentrate on pushing well, I mean, what else are you gonna do with Edge? He's already said he's retiring. I mean, what's he got left? I mean, come on. And then we get to our main event. And the main event stole the show. It was very, very, very intense. A lot of, a lot of battle. A lot of shenanigans at the end. But the right man won. I know that's not very popular right now. <laughs> but it is what it is. And that match was Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. For the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship, Kentucky Guy predicted Roman Reigns to win. Donnie predicted Cody Rhodes to win. And the winner, and still, WWE Undisputed Universal Championship of the World, Roman Reigns. Oh, yes, it's true. The bloodline is still intact. And like I've been saying, been saying it for weeks, everybody thought it was a done deal. Cody Rhodes was going to be the champion. Oh, no. And Triple H actually said, the story's not over. And the press conference last night. And he did, and I will give, I will give him this because they are right. They are correct. Cody Rhodes proved that he's a main eventer. After that match last night. He did prove that. He is on the main event level. You know, you can't just walk in and get everything handed to you. I mean, my lord, he got number 30 pull in the Royal Rumble and ended up winning that. I mean, come on. You're going to give this guy everything? We're talking about he went up against a champion who's had that belt for almost a thousand days. And I know you don't like how it ended. I remember last night. I know you don't, but hey, he is the tribal chief. Your thoughts on the last match, sir? Well, you are right, Kentucky guy. It stole the show. Both guys looked great. Am I happy with the end result at the end of the day? I was really pulling for Cody, not because I hate Roman, but just because I said the, 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 the story's being set up so beautifully for Cody to go out there and be the conquering hero and for him to fall just short. It's just so it's just so disappointing as a fan. But you know, if I could criticize one part of Cody's game in that match, it was that ending sequence where he was hit was going to hit multiple crossroads on the tribal chief. And he hit one and he decided one wasn't enough. So he picked him up to hit a second one. He hit a second one and then he said, "No, no, no. I got, I've got to hit one more to keep him down." Well, in the time he decided to do that, Paul Heyman got up on the apron, distracted the referee, Solo Sokoa, who had been already kicked out, kicked out by the referee earlier, comes into the ring, hits the Samoan spike on Cody, Roman finishes him off from there. For a veteran uh, like Cody Rhodes, who has great ring awareness, he he shouldn't have gone to the to the crossroads well too many times, and. I think it was going to, going one too many times that ultimately was what cost him. Doesn't mean I'm happy about the end result, but I think that's really what uh, led to Roman Reigns winning was uh, Cody Rhodes making an error in judgment at the wrong time. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. And here's the thing. Not everything is touchy-feely in wrestling. So, yeah, it was set up. It's just, I think, I think it was the smartest thing, the smartest way that match could have ended. 
And I'll tell you why. Cody doesn't look one inch weak. He actually come out of the match looking stronger. Remember, it took Roman Reigns, the Usos, and Solo to have him finally be defeated in the match. He kicked out of two spears. He kicked out of two Superman punches. I mean, he looks stronger than ever and looks more of a contender. Remember, Cody Rhodes has never been in this atmosphere before when it comes to WrestleMania. So now he's able to go and almost succeed on the biggest stage of them all. It's just setting him up for future greatness, I think. Setting him up for future greatness. All right, so that is all the matches for night two. Now, I'm going to give you my my personal grade on the show as a whole, and then I'll let Mr. Cage give his before we end the segment or the show. So I think WrestleMania this year was good. I think there was a lot of excitement. I think there was a lot of a lot of a lot of storylines that stayed within the storyline, which I love. It was good. It was not great, in my opinion. And it pains me to say that because I was so looking forward to WrestleMania this year. And it let me down some. Truth's truth. First of all, if you're a Bobby Lashley fan, you should be irate. Absolutely irate. This guy, so they're going to patronize this guy by letting him win the Andre the Giant trophy? Come on. Baron Corbin has that trophy. For God's sake, Matt Moss won it last year. He has that trophy. I mean, and that's how you're going to pacify Lashley and his fans for not being a part of the grandest stage of them all. And he's full health. He's full healthy. He was actually at the show last night, which I'd never seen that segment before to where they had the memorial winner actually on WrestleMania with the trophy. I don't remember ever seeing that before. I could be wrong. And I thought it was going to build to a segment maybe against him and Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar beat Almas so quickly. So, so anyways, I, uh, I just did not, did not care for that at all. Number two, number two, Bray Wyatt, nothing whatsoever. Not one QR code, not one. Alexa Bliss or Uncle Howdy, you know, vignette, nothing, nothing, nothing. And I'm going to be honest with you. You have just about lost me on the Bray Wyatt train. I'm just about done. You've, you've dragged it out too long. I just, I mean, who wants to, you know, Triple H was talking about the bloodline storyline. And he goes, some people say it's dragging on. He goes, it's telling a story with different chapters. Okay, that's great. The Bray Wyatt story that you're telling, if that's how you're going to try to play it off, then you suck at telling that story. Because I know a little bit about stories, wrote a book. You have to keep your audience or your reader in tune with what's going on. If not, guess what? Oh, man, this book stinks. It's so boring. They throw it to the side and move on. Same thing with a movie. Same thing with a wrestling match and what have you. There is so much. They, they had so much potential with bringing Bray Wyatt back. And I know that they said he's, he's ill. That's fine. You can still cut a vignette. You can tell us something. Something. You build up and you start talking about Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, and you actually have uh, Bobby Lashley still build this match up even while Bray Wyatt's not around, but lo and behold, everybody just stops talking about it. That's it. Nobody's talking about it, at least on TV. Raw or SmackDown, nobody's talking about it anymore. That's it. Nobody's talking about that match. Oh, there's rumors that he might fight against LA Knight. By the way, why did Bobby Lashley have to sit out WrestleMania? 
Why couldn't he fall? And I'm not a huge, you guys know me, I'm not a huge Bobby Lashley fan, but the guy that he's supposed to fight is in there against Omos, destroying him. Why, why, and Bobby Lashley, you knew, you didn't, you cannot tell me that they didn't know Bray Wyatt was not going to wrestle on Friday and I'm for, I, I don't believe that. They've had to at least have a week's notice. I know how these big corporations work. So, and I know, I know I'm going on for a minute, but this is really how I feel about this. Uh, cause I, I love wrestling and WrestleMania has been a key opponent of it for many years for me. It's actually when I went away from wrestling in the past, WrestleMania was the one show I'd make sure I'd still watch. And it usually still has always brought me back to loving the sport again and watching it. And this, it just disappointed. You know, we had Karrion Cross, no mention of him. Yeah. It just, I don't, don't get it. I just don't understand why you would have someone like Omos in there. And I'll tell you another thing. And I like the impromptu match with McAfee and the Miz. But man, take that time and give it to one of these guys who are working their butt off week after week after week, show after show after show. You know, the same thing with Shane O'Mac. He could have come in and, and like hit the Miz from behind and cost him the match. Or, and have the Miz go against one of these guys. You know, I mean, it just, you only have one WrestleMania. And I think the way they booked it, some of it was great. Some of it will leave a bad taste and has left a bad taste in a lot of fans' mouths. Your thoughts, sir, on the entire show? Pretty much agree with everything you said, Kentucky guy. I liked WrestleMania overall. I thought it was a good show. I thought the matches that we wanted to see deliver delivered. Um, regardless of how you feel about the outcome of certain matches, the wrestlers themselves brought it. They really brought their A-game to the grandest stage of them all, so I have to give them a lot of credit for that. But, didn't see Bobby Lashley other than to come out and pose with a trophy. Like, like are you kidding me? This is the almighty we're talking about here. He was just United States and WWE champion not too long ago. And you can't find a spot for him on the roster. And the Bray Wyatt thing, we've known for a couple of weeks now that he was injured. I mean, couldn't you have done anything? Couldn't you have put like a, a pre-taped uh, promo or something just to let us know, hey, the, the guy's still alive and he's going to be back soon? Nothing. So as far as I'm concerned, they, they either just need to bring him back to TV immediately as soon as he's healthy or they need to just cut him loose because I also am tired of the Bray Wyatt storyline going nowhere. And, um, you know, there were rumors that Randy Orton was going to make an appearance. He made no appearance. There were no real surprises as far as people who showed up that you weren't expecting, other than Pat McAfee and Shane McMahon, which, okay, I mean, good to see them back, but th that's not what I want as a wrestling fan. I want to see a wrestler come back. And we didn't get that. So, was I happy with WrestleMania overall? 100%. Yes, very good show. But, could it have been better? Could it have been a great or classic WrestleMania? Yes, in my opinion. And, and the problem is, just short of that. Where it broke so many records because there were some great matches on both nights. And Triple H, he did do a better job than has been done in the past few years. So it's broke so many records as far as money-wise and attendance-wise and what have you. Triple H and them won't see what they did wrong. They'll think, okay, here's the winning formula. Just because something beats something that was crappy <laughs> does not always mean that it's better or a huge improvement. I'm sorry, that's just not how things work in the real world. But uh, anyway, sir. That's all I have for this episode. How about yourself? That's all I have for this episode, Kentucky guy. I just want to say I know that 
tonight's episode of Raw is going to be eventful. It's always yep, eventful. Yep. Looking very, very forward to it. The night after WrestleMania. It actually starts here in about 30 minutes, my time. So, yeah, it should be an awesome uh, way to end up this crazy weekend of wrestling. But, folks, you've been listening to Against the Mat. <laughs> Sorry about that. Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. With your hostess, Donnie Cage, and the Kentucky Guy. And as always, God bless, and God bless America.